Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, where we talk about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow the, the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. And we've got a special episode for you today as we did another crossover episode with the guys from Locked On Astros as we are waiting for Game 3 on Friday. So a lot of good stuff in this podcast. We preview Game 3, but also just talk about what's transpired so far and really preview the next three games in Atlanta and what we think is going to happen. So thanks for the guys over there for hosting that discussion, and you can hear that here now. We are Locked On Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talkstros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can we find you at? They can find me at H Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. All right, and we got a special guest. If I put your name, I apologize, but we got Jake <laughs> Mastriani from the uh, Locked On Braves podcast. Where can we find you at? Yeah, so you can find me over at Locked On Braves. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me on Twitter at Shortstop Ball. All righty, so I'm excited about the show. I'm excited about the rest of the series. And I guess we both predicted, uh, Jake, you and I both predicted that it would be 1-1 going to Atlanta. I think we both predicted, uh, I mean, I think you predicted they would win the first game, and I predicted that they would uh when uh, the Braves win first game, I think I predicted the Astros win the first game. So we both kind of got to same spot, just a different situation. But uh, thank you guys for making the Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube, keep on subscribing, uh, whether it's the audio version, keep on uh, subscribing via Apple or listening to Spotify. If you're a Braves fan, keep on subscribing uh, via Apple. Keep on listening to Spotify. Make the Locked on Braves, if you even like that team, make them your first listen every day. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, Jake. <laughs> we don't hear it. But um, yeah, keep on making us your first listen every day. And uh, guys, you know, would be uh, the, the best. Um, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Uh, download the app and join us this week. Um, I'm sure Jake's going to do an episode this week. We're probably going to do one before game uh, three, and we'll talk about the lineup and what's dust, dust on Dusty's mind. And uh, Spotify Green Room, it's changing the way we talk about sports. So um, it's raining over in uh, Georgia. Uh, is it going to be raining game time? Do you know, Jake? Yeah, I mean, it's about a 50% chance of rain. It's been really dreary here all day today, uh, really windy as well. So I don't necessarily know that the game is in jeopardy, but definitely could be some rough conditions tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, we saw the rain kind of hamper the ALDS schedule a little bit with the Houston Astros um, when they were in Chicago. And, you know, there's something to be said about having a retractable roof stadium. <laughs> I think every stadium should have a retractable roof. I'll be quite honest. I know baseball is meant to be played outdoors. But for things like this, especially World Series, the last thing you want is a is is something causing you to get your pitchers out of sync. 
Um, but if there is a rain delay, I think it probably benefits the Braves more than it benefits the oh, Astros sure. because the Braves with Morton going down, which was unfortunate. We hated seeing that. And then, um, you know, Max Freed just not really pitching great at all to the Urquidy outstanding outing. And the, the Braves pin was spent in those in those two games. Um, the it was like they won and then the Astros just came and took it back. And I was I was at that game, Jake. There was not a single moment that the Astros did not have momentum in that game. And that was the difference from game one to game two. Game one, the Astros never had momentum. Game two, the Braves never had momentum. So really it's a gonna be a it's gonna be a game of cat and mouse. Who can come out hot first? Yeah, I mean these two first two games were basically the same thing in reverse, right? I mean, the Braves grabbed control early in game one and never relinquished it, and the Astros did it in game two. So I think that's gonna be the key. We talked about it, you know, on the crossover podcast previewing the series i think most of these games are going to be decided in the first three innings you know which offense gets out to the hot start and can capitalize against the other team's starting pitcher so you know that was really my biggest key coming into the series you know really for the braves because i thought they had the advantage starting pitching wise that's obviously been evened out now with charlie morton going down and as you said freed not being great out of the gate in game two he did settle down and was able to save the bullpen right. a bit there and hopefully that gives him a little bit of confidence when he goes back out because, I mean, he retired like 10 straight. I, I don't know the last time the Astros have been retired 10 straight before with that offense, but I think that help, might help him a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, as far as the first two games, I mean, they were basically mere images or images of each other, you know, the same thing, one for one team, one for the other. All right. You know, this is not Kyle Tucker. We are not interviewing Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker is uh, the guy on the Locked On Rays podcast. Okay. I don't know that who what who Jake looks more like. Uh, I I don't think it's Kyle Tucker. Um, I can't put my my um, finger on it, but he looks like a baseball player for sure. Just not necessarily Kyle Tucker. So no, not uh, Kyle Tucker. Preston how about Tucker, how about Rays legend? Yeah. Or how about Jordan Schaefer, Braves legend? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I would say. You remember him? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. To be, supposed to be the next coming, but uh, never actually happened. Yeah, never happened. Hey, Jake, I got a ball at game two thrown up to me by the Braves. I was yelling random '80s Braves legends. I was yelling Dale Murphy and Bruce Suter's beard is legendary, and they threw me a baseball. Yeah. So right. that was pretty cool. I didn't know if you're going to be one of those guys where you got the Braves hat on and, you know, asking for the ball and then you switch back to the Astros. No, but there is a kid and I, I can't, I think the kid's name is Jake. He has a, t he has Probably a hat for smart. every team. Smart. He has a hat for every team and he gets a ball every time from the opposing yeah. team. Smart. Okay. So uh, talking about Charlie Morton's injury, I know that he's already a legend around the Houston area because of what he did in game seven of the world series, uh, 2017 world series. Uh, he's got to be a legend around uh, Atlanta now for what pitch striking out Jose Altuve with a broken leg essentially. But uh, who replaces him in the rotation? Um, who have they talked about that yet? Well, I mean, the answer is nobody replaces Charlie Morton, right? I mean, he was he's a Braves game one starter. Uh, you know, and when you start Charlie Morton in game one, you're expecting to get, you know, two solid starts out of him. You know what you're going to get, you know, solid five innings pitch, keep keep your team in the game. And he's somebody that if it does go seven, you could even count on him coming back in short rest. So you're not going to replace that. Um, they did bring up Tucker Davidson uh, to replace him on the roster. Tucker Davidson, a young kid, had some good outings back in June and then went down with a forearm strain, uh, was just making his way back. He made a rehab start at the end of October. Um, so, again, don't know how much you can really count on him to, to give you length. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely an issue because the Braves are going to have to cover 
uh, a lot of innings in games four and five with arms that they just frankly do not trust. So it's a big blow to this team. I mean, it was it was glad or good that you know they went ahead and won game one with Charlie Morton starting. They had to really extend the bullpen. You know, it's never good to lose and to get blown out, but they really didn't have the bullpen to keep up in game two after what they had to do in game one. So in some way, it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise if you were going to lose game two to lose that way so that they didn't have to run Mentor and Matzik and Jackson and Smith back out there. You give them two days rest because they're really going to be counting on them with these three games in a row back in Atlanta. Yeah, and that's where I think the Astros really have the advantage here just because they are a more complete team, I think, even though they have Lance McCullers, who is on the shelf. And Framber Valdez, I believe, is going to fix things. He came out. He was highly charged. I was talking to um, someone who was at game one, and they were sitting right behind the bullpen watching Framber warm up. They said in warmups, he was bouncing pitches to the catcher. He was not even hitting the mitt. He His curveball was off, and he said we looked at each other and said, Framber's not going to do good today. He didn't have his stuff going into the game, and so for him, I think it was a mental breakdown. It was a mechanics thing, and again, we talked to Mike Stanton from AT&T Sportsnet telling us about the you know the difficult delivery he has, so you're going to have that, but what we saw out of him and Luis Garcia, whenever they had bad starts, they came back with a really strong start. And when this team starts hitting, watch out. They are dangerous. And we've got to keep Solaire in the park. That guy can absolutely mash. He is a machine. Like, is he human? Because he looks like he's part Terminator. The guy yeah. is a beast. He had two swings last night that very nearly changed that entire game. And that first inning, he got a hanger, one of the few mistakes that Urquidy made. And he just missed it. And Urquidy came back on the next pitch to strike him out. And then he had the ball later in the game that Michael Brantley caught in the corner that I thought was gone off the bat, uh, but stayed in the park there. So, yeah, so there's been very key in getting him back. We'll see what happens going to Atlanta, though, because, you know, he's pretty much the Jordan Alvarez. You know, he's got some defensive deficiencies, but you got to keep that bat in the lineup. Yeah, so definitely. And uh, looking at the Astros bullpen compared to the Braves bullpen, I I, I think they're pretty comparable. I, I would say that the Astros bullpen has been a little bit better so far, uh, but it kind of makes you want to give the belt bar award to the Astros bullpen so far. So, uh, Brett, tell us a little bit about the belt bar. Yeah, so the built bar relief pin uh, or bullpen, I'm going to say it, of the night goes to the Houston Astros, sponsored to, sponsored by Built Bar. They're delicious. They have nine amazing flavors. They have built puffs. They have this built kingdom. I'm just telling you, the sky's the limit with these guys. And they don't even play with these built bars because they're healthy. They're great tasting. They don't taste like chalk protein powder stuffed in some like random chocolate sauce. It's good stuff. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Um, ranging from 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, um, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of USA track and field teams, division one football teams, and so much more, even locked on host across the nation. Go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 for 50% off your order. Use the promo code locked 15. Go to built.com. They are the best bar in the biz. All right, so uh, let's go and talk a little bit about the bullpens before we look at the rotation so far. Uh, I mean, I, I guess we can look at Freed, so I might want to talk about Freed in a second. But what do you think about the Astros' bullpen uh, from your first impression, Jake? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a solid bullpen. I was really impressed with what Odorizzi did in game one. Um, I know he's been struggling a little bit there, but I mean, struck out five batters in three innings. Uh, so that was that was pretty impressive. Maybe the most impressive performance that we've seen so far. But we also haven't seen relievers from either team pitching what I would call a high leverage situation yet because both these games have kind of been blowouts. But, uh, I mean, I agree. I think both bullpens are, are pretty even. Uh, Matzik has been unbelievable. I think he's the best of all the relievers in this series. But Will Smith can be gotten to. Luke Jackson can be had at times. A.J. Minter has been unbelievable in the postseason as well. You saw what he did in game one uh, coming in to relieve Charlie Morton. So, for me, Minter and Matzik are the best two for the Braves. You know, we got a, a, a look at uh, Javier last night. I know he's become kind of a weapon out of the bullpen for you guys. He looked really good. Uh, Presley coming in the eighth was interesting decision. I thought it was a smart decision by Dusty Baker with the middle of the Braves lineup coming in. And, you know, he did solid work. I thought the Braves had some pretty good at-bats against him, but overall he was able to to get him out. So, yeah, I mean, I think the bullpens are, are really even. Again, I think it was – I don't want to ever say losing game was good, but it was it was good that, you know, the Braves didn't have to extend their their big guys in game two because, like I said, they're really going to be counted on these next three games because I don't know how much link you're going to get out of Ian Anderson. Uh, he's had some really good starts in the postseason, had some really bad starts in the postseason. Um, so, you, you know, you could be getting into your bullpen in the third, fourth inning again, and then you're already having two bullpen games in games four and five. So they're going to really re have to rely on Mentor and Matzik to go multiple innings in these games. Yeah, I agree. You know, Ian Anderson is the guy that y'all are looking to. I mean, going into this series, he was the third guy, right? That's why he's mm -hmm. going third. Now you're having to depend on Ian Anderson, like you said. And it's literally a game-to-game -game thing. I think we prove that. I think we prove momentum does not carry over necessarily from game to game rather what happens in that game i do think the crowd is going, going to be in it but and i think it's the astros job to make sure they steal the excitement out of the crowd and score early jose altuve said we needed to score early you know jose altuve is not just on the all-time postseason home run list he's on the all-time two plus extra base hits in a game I believe he's got, what, nine, seven, eight, or nine. I, I just looked at the graphic before we went on, and um, he is getting key hits when he needs them. He's not hitting for average right now, but he's hitting when it counts, and that place was rocking. I mean, Jake, it was palpable. You could feel, you could grab the excitement out of the air, and it was very, very tangible. Yeah, no, I, you can hear it on TV, too. And, you know, everybody's been talking about it, even with the roof open, how loud it was there. But it, it's going to be that excitement's going to be there in uh, Truist Park as well. I mean, the Braves have not hosted a World Series game in 22 years. Tickets for this game, the cheapest ticket for this game right now is $1,100. I was trying so hard <laughs> to get in there when tickets went on sale, and it was just they were, they were going flying off the shelves. And now, you know, you try to get one on the secondary market, you're going to have to take out your mortgage because it's just it, everybody's excited about this. So, you know, the excitement level is definitely going to be there in Atlanta. I don't think it's going to affect the Astros in any way because they've been in this position. They have players that have been there, done that. But I do think it will juice up the Braves a little bit, hopefully in a good way, and have them playing you know, with their crowd behind them, have them playing energetic, exciting baseball. Uh, so I do think that will be a factor. Again, not necessarily against the Astros players, but I think it will uplift the Braves players a little bit because that place is going to be crazy on Friday and really all weekend. Thoughts by Dusty. 
All right. So while we're on the topic of bullpen, I want to bring up what Dusty Baker said about uh, uh, Matan today. He said the straw for Matan trade wasn't a popular move. It wasn't popular in the city or popular on the team. But sometimes the moves work out. And that's what happened in this case. Uh, he's become one of the Astros' more reliable relievers. He's he's helped the Astros not only versus the Braves, but versus the White Sox. And he's become one of the Astros' more reliable relievers. And uh, so if you if you had to go back in time and tell Astros fans, tell Eric Heisman to not freak out every time you see this guy struggle, uh, it's a situation because I know everybody was like, why do we str- uh, trade our center fielder? Well, I think we're seeing why because we had Jose Siri, we had Chaz McCormick, we had uh, Jake Myers, and yeah. we had a uh, we had a, uh, a whole bunch of center fielders, but we didn't have enough relievers. So now we're seeing what James Click did, and then you see Yimmy Garcia doing well. Kendall Graveman has looked like a totally different pitcher. So I think the Astros bullpen, especially the back end of the bullpen, and I know he's not technically in back end, but I'm gonna put Christian Javier in the back end of the bullpen, and heck. Jake, if you're okay with it, I'll put Jake Rizzi at the back end of the bullpen. If you said it, he did pretty good. So I would say the Astros bullpen is doing pretty darn good this um, postseason. And so I would, yes, the uh, Braves that y'all, y'all have like maybe three, three, three to four, maybe good relievers. I, th- I think the Astros are pretty deep. They may have one weak reliever, but I would say I would trust most of the relievers. The only guy I would not trust right now. I don't know why, and that's probably Dusty Baker's favorite guy is Brooks Raley. So, hey, here's the thing. I know this is kind of off of the relief pitching thing, but you mentioned Miles Straw, and he was interviewed on MLB Network, and they asked him what he thought about if he was watching the World Series. He said, oh, yeah, he said, even though I would love to be there, he said, the the Astros are still my guys. I'm still really good friends with them. He said, I'm going to be in Atlanta and I'm going to be at one of the games, if not all the games, and I'm going to be rocking. He goes, I've got all their jerseys. He goes, I'm probably going to be rocking a Brantley or a Tucker jersey at the game because they asked him if he was going to pull a Juan Soto, kind of like he did whenever um, he went to go watch Trey Turner and Max Scherzer play um, in the, I believe, the uh, Wild Carter ALDS. And so, you know, Miles Straw is going to be there and um, he's going to be there in attendance. I, did, I just thought that was neat. But that is um, that is a great thing to bring up about Matan, Eric, because I, w- I was one of the people um, I was one of the people that really struggled to accept him because it seemed like he got put in tough situations. And they said, oh, he's got swing and miss stuff. And every time someone swung on his stuff, they seemed to hit the long ball on him. But everything averages out. And I think at the end, this Astros bullpen weathered a lot of storms and it made them better for it. I think that's why they're performing so well now. The struggles came, and they worked out of them, and that's what professionals pitchers do. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Jake, ADI Music wants to know who's going to be starting outfield without the DH. Uh, who's going to be starting outfield? Is it going to be Pearls or Solaire? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I guess he means Jocktober. <laughs> yeah. Now, Jock-tober. we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. I think you have to keep Solaire's bat in the lineup. Jock right. has really cooled off a lot lately. He had some big hits earlier in the postseason, but Solaire's just had the better at bats. And I mean, he's a, I mean, they're both a threat to go deep every time, but, uh, you know, Solaire's just been swinging the bat better right now. Again, just missed 
a couple of home runs in game two, had the big home run to start off the first game. I think he needs to stay in that leadoff spot. I don't care if it's a righty or lefty on the mound, just because he has that ability to just take you deep and start a game off like that. I mean, they've called him Ronald Acuna Jr. light for a while because he basically does what Ronald Acuna Jr. does, just doesn't have the speed, obviously doesn't have the defense, but he, he gives you the power. He even gives you a really good at bat. Most people – uh, you know, in Kansas City, he didn't really do that. But since coming over to Atlanta, I mean, he's he's had some really good at bats. You've even seen it in the series. Well, he'll fall behind, but then work it three to two, uh, work it in a three two count. So, I mean, I, I like Solaire in there. I think he's the better option right now. So, I think he definitely stays in the lineup in Atlanta. So, how have the Braves been structuring playing time throughout the whole regular season without the DH? Because you, you, you traded for the Braves traded for a whole lot of uh, outfielders, and they didn't have room for all of them. Well, Eddie Rosario was injured when they traded for him, so he actually didn't even start playing for the Braves until like middle of August. So, okay. didn't have to worry about it till then. But uh, and Jock kind of like right now in the postseason jock was hot when the braves first traded for him and then he cooled off about the time eddie rosario came back so that put jock on the bench and then jock started off the postseason hot and then solaire got COVID, so jock was inserted there so that's why i think i think solaire will be the one to get and put jock on the bench and honestly the braves need him because they need jock off the bench i think that's where he's very valuable to come in in a key situation you can kind of pick his spot you know where he can have a big impact you know, that's the same thing with guys like Castro, who is coming off the bench. I know Castro and Jock Peterson are two different players, but he has been that. And one of the things I noticed, I was telling Eric, I was observing in batting practice. Now, it's batting practice, okay? Guys are going to crush the ball in batting practice, but no one was hitting the ball harder than than Alebnis Diaz and Jorge Soler MVP. And Alebnis Diaz was up there mashing like he was Pujols and Trout combined. Like he was – blistering the ball and I really think that the Astros need to be able to go to him in key pinch hit situations especially with the pitcher batting will give Diaz and watch out for Diaz he he's going to make some surprise contributions and hits because he's chomping at the bit to get out there he is hitting the ball very angrily in practice and I think the last time we saw that he went on a tear when we went to San Francisco and he got real hot so this is the time of the year where I think he could get hot along with the other hitters, that would spell disaster, I think, for the Braves pitching. Yeah. So, um, Jake, I'm looking at Ian Anderson's postseason starts, and is it true that he's 3-0 and with a 1.47 ERA? I'm guessing that's his overall postseason career. He was very good in the postseason last year. I think his first two starts in the postseason last year were shutouts, and then I think maybe he had a rough one against the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, this postseason, I don't think he's been he has a, good. He has a 2.25 ERA. He's 1-0 with 12 strikeouts this year. Okay. Yeah, his last start in L.A., it was he was throwing the ball really well, but his spot came up in a key moment, and Snicker decided to pinch hit for him. I did not agree with it, but that's why I'm not a manager, because the pinch hitter got a hit. It led to a three-run homer, and the Braves won the game. So, um, so yeah, it, it was kind of just one of those situations, which I'm interested to see how that plays out you know, as we go to Atlanta and you have to worry about the pitcher yeah. spot when that comes up National League ball, it's like yeah, uh, the way it's supposed you, to be played. Yeah. You have to bet on when you're going <laughs> to hit some hit for the, the yep. pitcher. It makes and, you actually have to manage and, you know, make game yeah. plans and stuff like that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you it's know, remember like, we used to be in the National League. So yeah. it's like going to bet online.ag and, and finding the right pick, uh, the right bet. So talk to me about that, Brett. 
Well, okay, we're back and better than ever in a new web interface to start the basketball season off right. More props, odds, lines than ever before. You've got on one side the Houston Rockets. You've got on the other side the Atlanta Hawks. Like, what are they going to do? How are things going to shape up? Well, if you want to know and you want to bet on all the games and their top scores, go to Bet Online. It's the number one spot for basketball and football action. Head to their new website, their, up, um, their updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use a promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football, baseball, postseason NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys, continue making the Locked on Astros your first listen every day, whether that's on YouTube, keep on subscribing, keep on liking us, and keep on listening to audio version. And uh, if you want to listen to this guy downstairs or down there as well, you can. Uh, he is also on YouTube. I think he just started a YouTube channel as well. You can find him at Locked on Braves, and you can listen to both shows at on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, listen to Locked on Astros and Locked on uh, Braves and make us your first listen. You can make him your uh, second listen as well. So um, <laughs> I know you can, that uh, it, if you're a Braves fan, you can make the Locked On Braves your first listen. Hey, just to let you know, Jake, every Braves fan I talked to, I told them about your show. I told them about oh, my show, it. and I had a couple of people subscribe to your show as well. So I got I your back, man. That. Thank you. All right, so I know that Ian Anderson says that he's hoping that the Houston's lack of familiarity with him, they've never seen him pitch, that he hopes that he can use that to his advantage. Uh, so I know the Astros are pretty good on the road, and they actually do pretty they, – they sometimes struggle versus the pitchers they've never seen. But um, what type of pitches does he throw? Because we can tell you pretty much the Astros are a good fastball hitting team. Yeah, that's what I love about the World Series and what I hate about interleague play. These teams, two teams, I don't think they've played since 2017. Um, so there's, you know, no familiarity between these two teams, and you kind of just have to figure it out as we go. And, you know, I think that was part of the issue with the Braves hitters against Urquidy is they just, you know, weren't ready for that, didn't really know uh, what he was throwing up there, and they looked confused uh, at a lot of times against him. So, Again, uh, hopefully Ian Anderson's right. I hope that we see the same thing with the Dodgers hitters. But his best pitch is his changeup. And when that pitch is on, it is second best changeup in all of baseball uh, behind Devin Williams. It is a really good changeup. But he does have to establish that fastball up first in order for it to be effective. And he really tries to, to get it, you know, hitters to swing at it out of the zone. And I know the Astros don't chase a lot. Um, so it's going to be key for him to get ahead with that fastball and then be able to work off that changeup. Uh, he's when he struggles, he struggles because he he doesn't get those swings and misses on the changeup down, and he gives a lot of walks. So that's the key for him. He wasn't great in that at that in his first postseason outing. Much better in his second postseason outing against the Dodgers. So that's really always the key for Ian Anderson. You know, can he get ahead in the count and get get hitters to chase at his changeup down in the zone? 
And I think that's the key for Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman has been somewhat cold at the plate. And I think if we are looking at first pitch strikes that are fastballs, he's going to have to ambush a lot of these counts early because he does not do good, do do well with the curve. And Jordan as well. Jordan, you give him two strikes and you throw him a curveball low and away, he's swinging at it almost every time. And so these guys have got to jump on these pitchers, these pitches quick to make sure they have the advantage and don't let Ian Anderson or any other pitcher comes in and get comfortable. All right. So Jay Roberts wants to know if any brave alums are throwing out the first pitches. Haven't heard. I would imagine Chipper Jones will probably throw out a first pitch in one of these games. He's always uh, a good candidate for that. Um, John Smoltz is there for the Fox broadcast save, so maybe he throws out a pitch as well. But I think you can definitely count on at least Chipper Jones, probably Dell Murphy for throwing out one of these first pitches. Yeah. So um, let's go and talk a little bit about the three games in Atlanta. I know uh, then we can maybe uh, meet together on the, uh, the travel day and go ahead and go over the, the last two games, hopefully, unless the Astros just take, take care of business. and, and this, Yeah, unless and they just like all three and then Eric doesn't get to use his ticket on game six. Yeah, oh. yeah so hopefully uh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but I want to be there when they clinch, hopefully. But I, anyway. Dude, I want you to be there. I want you to be there because I'm totally jealous. Senior-only tickets are already triple what I pay um for an individual seat so right so let's go and take a look at the three games in atlanta uh jake i'll start with you since it's your home territory how do you see these three games playing out yeah so my game plan for the braves all along in this series in order for them to win was the split in houston check they did that and win two out of three in atlanta when i said that i thought charlie morton was going to be starting game five um, that definitely throws a wrench into things. It really makes this game three very pivotal for the Braves with Ian Anderson on the mound. If they don't win game three, uh, it's really going to be hard for them to win two or three games at home here because the way I look at games four and five now, unless you just get a miraculous performance out of somebody unexpected, which you can't bank on that, they essentially have to choose which game do they want to go after in game four or five, which game do they want to throw their best relievers out there and go for it because that's that's pretty much the situation they're in because like you said they have four guys in their bullpen that they trust and mentor jackson matt sick and smith outside of that snicker does not really trust anybody else maybe jesse chavez as he just throws 90 up 90 miles per hour up there and hopes that the other team doesn't crush it but uh those are really the four guys that he's trust and so in one of these bullpen games it, you know if the brave score early and get an early lead i think you're going to see snicker go all in kind of like he had to do in game one and get multiple innings out of mentor and matzik and jackson and try to just really go after that game but again you kind of have to choose because you can't do that in back-to-back -back games like that so it really makes four and five a crap shoot for me i think you at least try to split those and that's why it makes game three very pivotal for the Braves. They have to get a good start out of Ian Anderson. They have to get at least five solid innings out of him, you know, two runs or less, keep the offense in the game, and then turn it over to those big four in the back of the bullpen. So, again, I'm not as confident of them winning two at three at home now as I was, you know, when the series started, and I thought it would be Anderson in three and Morton in game five, but I still think they can get it done. They played very well at home. I think they're undefeated at home. Uh, in this postseason, so they play really well there. Again, the crowd is uh, going to be going to be really loud. They're going to be very energetic. Hopefully, the team can build off of that. So, 
Uh, I'll say they still do win two or three at home. They'll win game three uh, and then one of game game four or five. Wow, man, you have a lot of confidence in your team, but I think you've laid out your case very aptly. It does make sense what you're saying, and it is going to hinge on these bullpen games because they are going to have to play raised baseball. You hate to hear an Atlanta team doesn't want to hear they that they that they need to play Tampa style baseball because y'all are so close to each other. I know the whole Florida Georgia rivalry and everything like that. So I think the Astros with Luis Garcia going on the mound, Zach Grinky, those are the keys. I think the second factor is your key guys keep getting hits in key moments. You don't have to have a three, four hit performance out of Altuve. You don't have to have a four hit performance out of Alvarez. You just have to have two or three players get at least two hits. They've got to score with runners in scoring position. If the starters can do their job, it saves the bullpen. Christian Javier can be solid. Matan can be solid. You don't have to worry about Rayleigh if you're worried about putting him against anyone other than a left-handed batter. Um, Stanek is out there pitching with a lot of moxie right now. So you've got a lot of confidence, and I think the Astros can build on that. The Braves, I believe, and and I meant this when I said it, that when the Astros won game two, that now I believe the Braves' backs are against the wall, not just because the Astros won, but because of the factors and hills that the Braves have to overcome. I see the Astros easily taking two of three in this series. Um you know, in Atlanta, going back to Houston and clinching. I see them clinching in game six still, but it's very possible the Braves come out hot and they go to a game seven. But regardless, it comes back to Minute Maid Park with the Astros up with three wins under their belt. Let me say one other thing, too, here. If the Braves somehow drop, or I shouldn't say somehow, the Astros could definitely do this, but if the Braves lose these next two games, I think you have to see Max Freed in game five on short rest. And uh, you know, you never yeah, know how that's going to go. Um, he only, th- I think he only threw like 86 pitches uh, in game two. So, you know, hopefully he'll still be rested enough to do that. But if they do drop these next two games, you'll see Max Freed in game five. I believe you have to with your season on the line. If not, if they win one of those next two, I, I feel really good about Max Freed in a game six. Again, uh, things got, he wasn't sharp in that first inning. Things really got away from him in that second inning. A lot of it, not his fault. Uh, you had Guriel beat the shift, which I don't know why we're shifting on Guriel. Stop doing that. You know, you had Jose Siri with the dribbler, and then you had the defensive miscue. So right. things really just unraveled on him in that second. He really settled down after that and was very good. So I feel very confident about him. If the Braves can, you know, get to game six with, you know, either down 3-2 or up 3-2, I feel really good about Max Freed his next time out. But, yeah, the, again, I, I agree with you. The Braves are a little bit back up against the wall. Again, I think this game three is – I don't want to say must win, but it's very crucial for the Braves if they're going to stay in this series. All right. Uh, I'm going to kind of go with Brett um, a little bit different. I'm going to pinpoint that game four is the one the Astros are probably going to lose. I think that, I mean, I don't know who you're going to have. The Braves are going to start, but I, don't I, I just think the Zach Greinke game is the game that uh, where you're going to have a lot of relievers come in and out. I think that's the game where you're going to have the iffiness. And so I think uh, game four is the one where, I think the Astros could potentially lose. I think Luis Garcia is going to go out, especially after his last game. He's going to go out there and dominate uh, like he did against the Red Sox. I just think that he's discovered his moxie again. And I think Framber Valdez uh, in game f- um, game five, I think that he just – he's – I think that after his first game in the Red Sox series, he's like – 
oh crap, I need to fix this. And he fixed it. And so whether it's nerves, whether it's like, I don't know what happened. I, I swore I saw a line, like he drew a line um, in, fr in front of the game six and where he kind of used that to kind of guide his pitching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just seemed like he was just a much more focused pitcher in game six. Um, so I just think that we will see a different from Rivaldez in uh, the game five um, in that situation. So I think that um, the Astros will probably win game three and game five. The only iffiness I have is what happens in game four because nothing against the future Hall of Famer and Zach Greinke. There's just so many question marks like, okay, if he only lasts one inning, two innings, uh, what happens from there? Because as we've seen in these playoffs, this, the team that, I mean, granted game one, we can't really look at that situation, but the team that has the starter that goes only X amount of innings that team normally loses except for a game one of the world series. You know, one of the things that world traveler mentions here is she says, if um, one of our faithful listeners, Jake, if the Astros do win game three, won't it be the first time in this postseason that the Braves have not had the lead in the series? Yeah. I saw Fox sports tweet that the other day. They have their facts wrong. The Braves is that wrong. They lost the first game of the postseason to Corbin Burns in the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, okay. Okay. But well, I, I saw Fox Sports tweet that out. So interesting. Uh, understandable why somebody would read that and think that, but they were wrong. Uh, the Braves lost the first game of the postseason. Okay. Okay. Well, that you know, hey, I was I was just going off of what they were saying. But regardless, game three, I think is key. Game three, both teams are gonna go in. They right. both have the same goal. They want to win the title. There's only one title. You can only have one winner and one loser. And um if there's any team on the National League side that's gonna grind and going to not give up, it's going to be the Braves. I mean, guys like Ozzy Albies, guys like Freddie Freeman, you know, I mean, you, you've you got some quality major league players on your side of the diamond, respectable guys, guys that are good for the game. And that's what I love about the Astros and the Braves matchup is not only is it the classic throwback matchup that Eric's talked about, you know, this leading up to this whole series, but it's just what the Braves bring. They've got a great clubhouse. They do baseball right. Astros got a great clubhouse. They do baseball right, despite what the haters may think. And I'm just hoping that we have some good games, that they're, that they're competitive games, that they're fun games. Of course, we want the Astros to come out on top. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know that you're going to get many good games. I think a lot of them are going to go the same way games one and two. Well, have true, gone. true. But and there's nothing wrong with that because it's exciting for one side and not for the other. So it's exciting for, you know, half the people. But <laughs> I, I still think a lot of these games are going to be decided early on. You'll probably have one close one in there. But I think it goes back to the fact that both of these back end the bullpens are, are very good. So the key again, like I talk, started out talking about on this podcast, is who can get that early lead, who can get going against the team's starter, opener, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think that's going to be very key in this series. Yeah, but, game, oh, we do have some good games in there. Yeah, game one was like this for the Astros fans. Yeah. And game two it was, was like, like this for Braves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was – I'm telling you, man, it was absolutely insane. At one point, I looked up to see if we had closed the roof because it was that loud. Like I said, it was – I was like, this is insane. So – yeah, I just hope that it comes back to Houston because that means that the Astros won at least one game in uh, in Atlanta, and so um, it would just you're be being too thing. nice. You're being too nice. They well, win at two least games. one. I mean, no. I said at no. least. So no, come on, Eric. You can't be too uh, nice, man. We got to put the women and children to bed. We're going looking for dinner, man. This is this is hunting <laughs> season, boy. All right, I'm looking forward to right now. 
the hearing the oh, 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 but I'm sure after hearing that for three games, I'm be like, this is as bad as Sweet Caroline. Is it over yet? Yeah, because <laughs> if they're doing it, that means something good is going for the Braves. So you don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So, uh, but it goes back to old days of playing uh, and going back to nineties and early two thousands. And I miss that, that rivalry between the Braves and the Astros. And uh, that's a bad thing about um, being in American league. Yes. We get to play the Yankees, the uh, Red Sox, and we have a whole new set of enemies, so to speak, but we I, own I, the Yankees. I mean, sorry, the Astros own the Yankees, the Astros own the Red Sox. Yeah. So. So anyway, so any final thoughts, Jake, before we end the podcast about uh, anything Braves related? No, I, I mean, the only thing I haven't I've talked a lot about the pitching because I, I think it's key. And I haven't talked a lot about the offense, mainly because I have faith in this offense. I think this Braves offense is going to score runs. Uh, that doesn't concern me quite as much as the pitching side of it does. And that's why I focus so much on the pitching. But a lot of it's going to come down to can the Braves outslug the Astros because uh, you know, the Astros are going to score too. We all know that that offense is too good, but I think this Braves offense is really good as well. And so some of the, some of these games might be, can they win eight to six? You know, you may see some games like that. And, and I think this Braves offense has shown that they can do that. I think they're very good up and down the lineup. I mean, Dansby Swanson is going to be hitting eighth. He had 27 home runs this year. I mean, th this offense has a lot of power. Uh, they rely on the home run a lot. So, you know, are they going to be able to get those two or three run homers to really swing the momentum? That's going to be key. They're not a team like the, you know, what makes the Astros offense better than the Braves, in my opinion, is, is the fact that they can they can string hits hits together like they did in right. the second inning of game two. I, I think it was all five singles in that inning. Um, the Braves are, are looking for a walk, a, a bloop and a blast or something like that uh, in order to generate their offense a lot of times. So, uh, again, I didn't talk a lot about the offense, but I do have a lot of confidence in the Braves to be able to keep up and keep pace with the Astros and score some runs. Yeah, the Astros definitely need some more production from Alex Bregman. And I know that this is a guy that has some struggles in the postseason, but he's also had some big moments. And I think the Astros need those big moments. Yeah, Jose Altuve is not having his typical big uh, postseason, but he also has those big moments. He has the, those two game time home runs. He also has that big uh, double and home run game from uh, yesterday. So he has some big moments. We're still waiting for that. Those big moments from Alex Bregman. He's cut. That's coming. I would think. And I think game three would be the best time for him to break out of this. And so we'll, we'll see uh, Brett. Well, you know, I got some new specs and I'm looking into the future and I see the Astros coming away from Atlanta with two of three wins. And I think they're going to come home and I'm going to clinch game six and our own Eric Heisman is going to be there to celebrate. And I'm going to be jealous 100% and, but loving it for you wishing I was there. So let's go Astros. Jake, it's been great. We've gotten a ton of compliments on your analysis, on your insight, Definitely valuable to the Locked On family. If you're a Braves fan, make him your first listen. Make Astros, if you're a Locked On Astros fan, make us your first listen. And remember, the Locked On Astros and the Locked On Braves Network is here for you, your daily Astros and Braves podcast. All right, subscribe to us on YouTube. Jake, thank you for joining us. And hopefully we'll be talking to you tomorrow about another Astros victory over the uh, uh, the Atlanta Braves. I believe that's what you call your team. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on another Locked on Astros podcast. Go Strohs!
Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 